instant poker face from Brain. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Pink Tron. We start every show by asking Tatum Jewel, what are you drinking? So I've actually decided I'm having a whiskey for the first time in ages. Yes. So <laughs> I've yes, I've got a right writer's writer's tears um, Irish triple distilled whiskey. It's absolutely beautiful. That's oh, a great boy. one. Good call, Tatum. Thank and you. we also have Lurinique Jewel. What are you drinking tonight, Lurinique? I'm having also whiskey, but since I mix my whiskey with water, I'm not allowed to have the writer's tears. I have to have the bushmills. <laughs> so I'm having a wait, wait, lovely wait. original Irish whiskey, triple distilled, uh, finest blend, something, something, water and ice. That's beautiful. Bushmills is a great whiskey. Tatum, why won't you let her have the writer's tears with water? Because the, 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 she had water. She, she, she had water. The taste is going to be like <laughs> ice is water. She's going to dilute it. Okay. We could, we Giving could, his we could. advice on whiskey <laughs> preparation and drinking and trying to convince Tim to be kind to Elle is Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? In honor of Canada Day, Brent, I have cracked uh, Caribou Crossing single barrel Canadian whiskey. Oh, nice. Comes with this nice little caribou topper. I'll mail it to oh. you when I'm done. Um, and nothing against it, it's great. It's a great single barrel. Uh, nothing against ice or water, but I'm not adding ice or water. But we can have like a bonus episode on how to drink there whiskey. There we go. <laughs> sorry, is, 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 does does this US... look right, Chris? <laughs> they both it, look right. <laughs> we can we can have a scone with the jam first or cream first versus whiskey with or without ice and water episode. Yep. Perfect. Scone and whiskey pairing. Love it. And is a, a, a Canadian whiskey, that's like a rye whiskey? Generally is, yeah. Most yeah. that's what you guys yeah. got a lot of up there. Yeah. That's whenever that's what we just call it rye. You guys call it Canadian whiskey. Whenever we go to the States, we try and order a rye and coke, they look at us like we're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I'm yeah, you guys like, coke with your whiskey. <laughs> you never had rye like... and coke or jack and coke or any of that stuff? I guess mm -hmm. technically Jack's a bourbon. That's right? how we learn to drink whiskey with oh, coke. Jack, and then well, we Get mature and don't drink it with coke anymore. Do you get the cordial? The, the, the <laughs> mixing, the, do you guys have Oros in the States? No, why would they? No. Nope. Oh. Whiskey and Oros. Also with us today, <laughs> <laughs> we have Sean Fogelberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Well, so today is the grand depart of the Tour de France, uh, and Great. they started in Copenhagen. Denmark. And so I had grand plans of getting a Danish mead. Uh, could not find one, but I did find a mead. Uh, so I'm having something that was made in Colorado, not quite the same, uh, but it is a uh, apricot puree and uh, honey wine. So is it autumnal? Redstone meadery. <laughs> You're going to have Danish brews. You got to have uh, Aquavit or uh, Carlsberg. Yeah, yeah. or or, oh, uh, or cherry hearing. Cherry hearing. That one do I, I have had. this right? You're drinking wine from a can. No, sorry. It's uh, it's currently 148 here, and I have to coach youth lacrosse again in another three hours. I just came from one, so I'm having uh, bubbly, sparkling water. It's apple flavored. Okay. Although we but do I, have wine in a I can, am. that is the thing I have had. <laughs> yeah, but Sean is having wine in a can. A mead, a mead from a can, yes. 
yeah. I did not want a uh, full like 32 ounce bottle or whatever. So okay, this is perfectly this was, reasonable. This was the smallest thing they had at the of the like, <laughs> five needs that they had at the uh, store across the street from my house. <laughs> so next time we'll have the box wine. Yeah, box do, wine's good too. We do have a box of wine in the fridge. And that's all the time we have for Pinktron. <laughs> and the reason we record on Friday is because Friday is the first day of each week when we host Herd Summer Racing League. It is race two of the current series. The race course is the Leith Hill After Party. Chris, you did race one. How did that go for you today? Oh my gosh, it's so hard, you guys. Have you I, been defibrillated? Yes, I had <laughs> had to have a little bit of a cool down after this one. Um, so it's you just loop around London, you do the sprint, the mall sprint twice, and then you go up uh, Leaf Hill to the Leaf Hill after party. Was everyone and, really chill for the first 32K? Uh, there was some chatter about doing dumb stuff. Um, somebody made a push on that hill going up to the loop. Um, so, I mean, the, our B field was 30 something. We probably cut one or two people loose at the hill. We cut one or two people loose after the first sprint that couldn't latch back on. Same thing after the second one. Um, and the thing about the hill part is it's on the race sheet as 2K, but you got to climb to get to the climb. Yeah. You've got so, a whole kilometer climb to get to the comp. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like more than that. Yeah. I think the whole thing is about six point something. The comp itself is one point something something. Yeah. Comes to, it rounds off like to like yeah, rounds off to like two kilometers of comp, but six point something for the whole thing. And how did yes. how did people race that? We had a split early, like we had one really light, powerful guy who's only a B because of watt limits, it seemed like. So he went off, a couple of people followed him, two split, two groups on the road that kind of came back together just to hit the start line for the comm. So the price of admission was like threshold for 2K to get to the start line. And then the real segment time began. And we were all just kind of maxed out at that point. Yeah, It was a slog. It, the, I, I was watching Scorekeeper on that ride for the A's, and it also the same. They were pushing insane watts, just <clears throat> the climb, getting to the yeah. climb. And I thought, yeah. oh, goodness. I thought at some point I missed the start banner. And then <laughs> I saw it and I thought, I'm not going to say I told you so. Yeah. She yeah this was this morning we were talking about it, and I said to him, Isn't that the one where you have to climb and climb and climb and climb, and only then you get to the start banner? And he was like, only two kilometers <laughs> yeah it's two kilometers <laughs> for the last steepest and like what's the average grade on that thing like eight percent or something yeah and there's definitely some like 10 12 13 yeah, percent it's a, yeah it's a rough kom to add Plans out right in the middle so i'm tired so talking about it <laughs> yeah and, it, and we did sort it out right it's it's fts and counts as finish points right yep. yes, craig, yes. I, mean, I guess we'll time. see what happens when craig does all the pushes all the buttons on it when the final results come in but okay. that is the official attempt to score it is okay FTS so just the... just taking a look at Zwift power all of uh it looks like everyone's key fill uh times have been recorded so yep brilliant okay. it's, it's times we're, look, times we're looking like, at for the 
Colts? Yeah, so the Sorry, fastest A's are going to be in the five-and-a-half-minute range. Uh, B's looks like 545 to about 645, 7. And then the C's about seven minutes, seven to eight. Uh, and D's, there, there were only a couple D's in that in that race, and they did not do it uh, very quickly, 12, 12 minutes. <clears throat> Um, but clearly not at max. So yeah, yeah it depends on depends on category, but somewhere between a yes. five and ten minute effort. <clears throat> and I think, thought, oh, oh sorry, just, go ahead, Brent. Well, I was going to ask you: is, Did you think, like racing at Chris, there was any margin to be had in like letting the group go and then pouncing on the KOM at the end, especially no. when that hill came up? You no, I did my draft. best. I, I stuck with a couple of guys who looked like they were about my speed. So I had some wheels to latch onto. I let the people who looked like they were a li little bit more racy than I was uh, go. And I think I did the best I could do. I raced I it the best I could do. I think the other Not question it. is, uh, how, how do you feel? Is it, is it something where a bike swap could be doable? Yes, if you find yourself with a gap towards the front and you've got some time to the people in the back, I contemplated it, but then I, I remembered that being an Apple TV user, right, um, the, frame, the frames that were at the top of my garage, I still had a disc wheel on them. I didn't have a climbing wheel on them. So if I had preset the wheels to a lightweight, then I would have, I probably would have thrown it on a, a, a lighter frame because I went with Pinktron just to keep it easy. That's what I'll be on too. Yeah, seemed like a good all-rounder. And um, yeah, I, I thought there'd be a little bit more coming together of the groups. We never saw the A's. And... Did you catch the C's? Caught a lot of the C's. I don't even know if we caught the front C's. Because things were pretty tame between the sprint. But that being right. said, we were still a big group. I mean, only lost four or five out of 30-something. So we were still... So quite a big group thing, okay. 30 strong rolling around. Yeah, so we had a pretty high average speed, even if we were all just kind of measuring our efforts. But I thought for sure I would have seen the A's on the hill and then I could have just stuck with them and gotten a little bit of a boost, but no. It, it seemed, it, sorry, sorry. It seemed like the even on the second sprint, the fastest, I think, five times came from B's. And then no, number one there. was that, that guy who's, he's a four point, three or 4.4 threshold guy but he's 50 kilos yeah he does he does 18 watts per kilo is uh, he 13 years old uh, sorry sorry uh, it's just <laughs> show me a guy of grown-up guy that weighs 50 kilograms i don't know i'll take you to the kentucky turn on, derby turn on the tour <laughs> turn on the tour yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. we're all pros here right <laughs> In any event, that that's the guy's stuff. He's got his stream and everything on his Zwift power, so I I think he's probably pretty legit. I mean, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. It's the way it goes. So, um, but other than that, the bees were yeah. There was a couple of bees were in there. I mean, you gotta remember the group size for especially for FTS too. Right? I think the A's only had eight. So you know you got yeah. scorekeeper yeah. trying to like set those sprint times with eight guys, and he's probably in front of them from about the second pedal stroke. 
against yeah. you know someone like Atkinson probably lets thirty guys go in front of him and then smashes through a group of thirty guys on a full. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I tried to mark him on the second sprint. I was tagging him. Uh, Steph and I were, and then he went off, and we just lost the group. Like we, our sprint was just done. <laughs> Like we were, we were trying to tail gun with him and he just went off and reconnected and we were just left out hanging in the wind. So did you get him back though, before the climb? It's like the, group. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, there's a, he's got some other advantages that make it a little easier in those days. Cause I was looking at the times even yeah. compared to like best times and stuff. And a, apparently I've never sprinted that segment really hard before because my time is like six seconds slower than like the fastest piece, <laughs> but, um, uh, the, the times like were good like really good in the b's compared to like a's and the a's weren't set their yeah. best times by the looks of it so and it does look like uh the b group caught the front c's but probably mostly on the climb yeah, yeah. that's when i i looked live here before we started recording to see where chris was and stuff and it looked like the c's were definitely almost right to the kom before except for atkins the that front b guy um, yeah. The rest of the bees caught him. So, which one are yeah, you planning on doing, uh, Brent? Maybe Sunday morning. I've got. I've just got <clears throat> scheduling challenges. Yeah. To yeah. be able to ride an hour this weekend is all. I'm. I, I have uh, big plans to do this. As I so, if if you <clears throat> listen to some of the earlier ones, I have been trying to do longer rides with efforts, and I'm. Uh, looking at doing this following the uh, Climber's Gambit tomorrow. So doing them back to back. That's what I wanted to do. It's Because I really want to do Climber's Gambit tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, well, so that one is, uh, I think, doable because it's only a 20-minute, or sorry, a two-minute-ish, like under two-minute mm -hmm. effort. Um, the last time I did it, I yeah. believe it was Innsbruck Reverse, and then uh the like downtown titans uh like a couple laps of that and that was a long that was a long day in the saddle yeah so, so it's only the one come in the yeah. in the downtown titans only the one uh, i didn't no, read the, right up the downtown titans that was that was a couple weeks ago but it was like uh the titans reverse and then hilly forward twice yeah but so tomorrow do, do you know what's counting uh so it's only Funny you reverse. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's the we'll next just thing we're uh, talking about. We'll move on. I think that probably covers yeah um, lethal after party. Um, yeah, so that's the race. The bike choice you heard Chris say Pictron. I think that's the default choice unless for some reason you really want to give up your sprint or you want to go full arrow to really take the sprints. That's the other option. But I think it's. Pictron. I so mean, we'll, the, uh, yeah, the other the other potential thing that you could do is uh, start on an arrow and really hammer the first the first part of the the non classified part of that climb to get ahead and do a bike swap. Oh man, that would be depends tough on to how, optimize. Yeah, it depends on yeah. how how fast you are compared to your group. Yeah, I think I think if you were going to do that, the actual strategy would be to kind of just let the group go and switch onto your light bike and then kind of go like tempo-y up the climb at like knowing especially if you were kind of like for me if i was like i'm going to be able to smash those sprints smash those sprints get really high but i know no matter what i do on that climb 
if I stick with the front guys, I'm going to get dusted. So I'll just get to the bottom of the climb, switch on to the lightweight big tempo up, and then do my absolute smash fest up the KOM. Yeah. I think that'd be the only way to make that work. But then you sacrifice your finishing position. I know, but that's my point is I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm going to be like the last A up that climb, no matter what I do. Okay. <laughs> so I might as Probably well take my arrow make- and probably doesn't make a lot of sense unless you are in a relatively small field yeah and that's where the pink tron comes in yeah yep all right so we'll move on then to climbers gambit which as we've talked about it is the titans grove kom reverse segment on the herd climbers gambit the course just for posterity's sake is downtown titans so that starts downtown right sean sure does and <laughs> And then goes straight to the KOM reverse. Uh, yep. So yeah, it, it heads over to um, like toward the desert, turn right into the um, into the rollers. Uh, so there, there are the climb starts at about six k in. Uh, so depending on how how you like doing your warm ups, it could actually be one where. It makes sense to do your warm up as a part of the the lead in essentially to the yeah. KOM. <clears throat> and then yeah, it's a two minute. It's what is that one like nine hundred meters at like six percent? I think. Yeah, I so it'll yeah. be depending on what your category is, somewhere between about a minute and a half and two and a half minutes. That one has caught me out a couple of times. How to pace it? Seem to sprint too early, go too hard, too late. It's it's just this. Yeah, she even she knows. Just That's weird. That one right. It is. So it's a short enough one that it makes sense to uh, get some, like, hold your, so you, you come down that little hill and you're kind of going through yeah. those little rollers. There will be some, some speed uh, that is probably smart to hold through that. Um, and it, you, you, it's a short enough segment that you do want to hit the uh, entry banner with some speed. We've both gone too hard leading up, and then again, oh, and when the combiner starts, it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, but too that's, hard, too that's early. just Tatum. Yeah, that's and Russell. Yeah. Nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's good for those two minutes because it is a pretty steady grind. There's not like yeah. too much variation. It's pretty much on that five percent and just it's go four to five percent the whole way. Um, I love that climb. It is the climb that I use for testing. So I know what power I can do on it. Um, I'm probably just going to try and stick it at six watts a kilo and hold that. Yep. And then you get a little uh, 19K cool down to finish off. Don't forget to finish. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So including, including another KOM. Yep. Another way around. Yeah. Hilly well, no, reverse it's the, or hilly uh, forward? It, uh, no, hilly it's forward. The, yeah, the regular hilly forward. Okay, okay. So do both those climbs count? No. 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 Only Titans. Yes. The reverse. That's the only one that counts. After okay. that, you're you're punched out. You're off the grid. But you do have to finish. Yeah. And that's oh, why I shot saying he's going to do run. that and leave Hill after party tomorrow because he's got all kinds of time so he can cruise around for those 25K except for two minutes and then a lot of cruising too, let's be honest, probably in Leith Hill after party, yep. except for a but, couple sprints. But I do I'm... like the idea of getting that really hard Leith Hill effort in almost three hours into a ride. Yeah, that's yeah. Who, who doesn't good, like that? That's super good training for long stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which brings us to herd of mountain goats this week is Loren. Good times. Good times. Loren is like bent up. Yeah, all the way to the top. Uh, is it to the top? No, 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 no. It's to the chalet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bent up yeah. to the chateau. Yeah. So actual good times. Bent up to the chateau is less murderous than uh, full bent up. So. Still a good, a good clone. Yep. Yep. And it's it's steady, but Ventu uh, steady is what steady at like eight, ten, twelve percent, like without much break. Yeah. So steady on. Although it starts right from Marina and then does that first right kind of bench, yes. and then there is a bench. Yeah. yeah. So this one it starts steeper than and then it. Uh, this course is easier. a is an interesting one. It does not do you don't just head straight up the hill. Uh, you go out. You do the balloon sprint. So you head through oh. the through the uh, the intestines. I call them right, like all the the twisty turny bits. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and then you actually go through the petty the petit kom uh, segment. That's where you go up as the as the start and then you go up to chalet renard oh then you turn left okay yeah. okay okay so that's so and because it's mountain goats that is draft on and um and that's the whole race right there's not just segment time so you're gonna have to yeah. stick with it you're gonna stick uh, with it on those flats the total elevation though is only a little bit more than alp duez or the, the alp duez Wift. it's 1181 is the total uh total elevation for the course mm. Yeah. It was it was the first route that I when I when I started racing on Zwift, it was the first hilly route that I actually raced as a sea racer. I thought you were say it was the first race you raced, and I'm like, I can't believe you're still here. It is it is the first one I raced, but I, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> I would have definitely quit Zwift. It was the first thing I'd ever done was a race. I was in top out of like I was not very happy. <laughs> there was still a friend that invited me to race with him. He just buggered off and he left me going on this hill for my first race. Are you still playing? Yeah. So I, hope, I, I don't think that this is still there, but I hope that given that it's, uh, you know, the Tour de France is going on again, I hope that they put the uh, DD the Devil balloon back up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which then brings us to the Stampede, which is 32.2 kilometers, the longest distance you can do on the Stampede on Watopia's waistband. So where does that end? That is yeah. torturous as an ITT. So, yeah, well, it's um, so the route itself is 25.5 kilometers with a 2.4 kilometer lead in. So you're going to do the first, the second, you know, the, the first five kilometers of that route a second time, give or take. Yeah. Which is just more Fuego flats. Yeah. So that's pretty good. So more flat. So yeah, starts at yeah. the flats. Well, I mean, th that's basically all there is here anyway. It is yeah. a very long flat route. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind of stampede, especially the long stampede ones mostly. Yeah. So a little bit of, work to do on hmm, can't tell what that little yellow bit is <laughs> <laughs> just getting in and out of maybe the um 
oceans ocean tunnels yeah i think yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it and then uh, around the volcano isn't there a little bit of because you go there's that way little, don't you yeah there's a little kick up, up, the, up that little volcano hairpin so a few little ramps but nothing nothing to really probably worry about just find your 32.2 kilometers is going to be 40-ish minutes for most people so try and find that kind of 40-ish minute power and sit on her for 40 minutes <laughs> and a 30 second sprint at the end we're so <laughs> glad i'm not doing that or 50 if you're not an a <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah it depends like i find the times in the stampede well can be like because you get more like the big especially the flat routes there's more kind of big power heavier yeah. guys who can actually put down some pretty fast times in the b's and c's yeah um on these flatter routes so which brings us then to bullseye which is eight laps of duchy estate uh, we, we do love so i can't remember which direction that one is uh, is that the uphill or the downhill sprint think it's well they're all they're both uphill let's be honest the sprint is at the top, top. Yeah. the question is whether it's like the climb is right into the sprint or whether clockwise. you climb first up levels yeah. out first before yeah. you go through so it's the clockwise direction so it is the direction that you hit the sprint if you are doing the full lap yeah so yeah you do the kind of that long grindy road up right and then the right hand turn and the sprint is from the stop of that turn yeah right so so the interesting thing on that one is you're doing bullseye, of course, is it's it's first across the line. So usually like there's a real steep kick. There you is like a right hand turn to that steep kick. So you gotta hang the group. Then you gotta stay with the group as it does like kind of a three percenter for about a kilometer and a half-ish to get to the road flattening out. And then you gotta sprint to try and hit the line. So yeah. it can be definitely there will be people sending attacks on that steep bit and trying to test people's legs, especially. My buddies, We've, Kevin and I've Lee. Seen, yeah, I've seen the, a lot of these races just being pulled apart from the beginning, especially if the field is small. Riders go off from the beginning and ITT it, and there's just no sprinting going on. I was wondering, and we can always get some feedback. If we, if Bullseye was the same format, pretty much as heard summer racing, and it was fastest through the segment and not first across the line. Yeah, would that I mean, keep I, the fields to get together more and focus more on the sprinting bit? It, it would, but I think it would disadvantage the people who like to do the long attack stuff, yeah. which is which is a legit part of bullseye to my mind. It is, and I say it this is as a guy who's been things, victimized yeah. by it several times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think it's a legit strategy in bullseye to be able to push away and keep away. Yeah, I, I think. The... Go ahead, John. Oh, the uh, so that final bit where there's the like steep kick, drag, and then sprint is a is a little under a kilometer, uh, and it, it is like the perfect distance for an attack and making it stick, uh, and like hold. I mean, it might not be something that you can hold for the rest of the race, but it is something that you can attack each lap, break up the field, like. That's one of the things I, I don't like about HSRL. Like the, I love that you can hammer every segment and all that. Uh, attacks don't make sense outside of the segments. Yeah. Um, this, this actually lends a different type of strategy than you have in the HSRL races. I'm glad yeah. you explained that because I did the bullseye and I felt the same mistake and I was like, 
what are you guys doing? Let's stick together. Let's go for the, you know, for the segments. And I got really frustrated. And now that you've put it in another perspective, I feel a bit better, better. understand it better. And so, I mean, some part of it is that some part of it is legit guys trying to attack, make long range and make you stick it. That's what guys like Kevin and Lee do to me on bullseyes because I beat them in the sprints and we stick together. Yeah. But um, the other side of it is just people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That's unfortunately like that is, a. I think in, in more than any other race series the one where you get the most people who just have no clue what's happening is a bullseye yeah attacks attacks on the lead-in which never counts and yeah yeah (laughs) i I sort of drop hints every every time i do it and i don't do it all the time but whenever i do bullseye i sort of drop hints in the starting pen already oh thank goodness the lead-in doesn't count oh thank goodness we get a little bit of a warm-up you know just like dudes chill out please don't sprint in the leading Give me a if, break. If people ask, <laughs> I totally tell them. Or, or if you can see, sometimes I'll let them know because I, I, it's more fun when people know what the rules are. Um, yeah. So sometimes you get someone and you go for sprint for the line, and then you realize nobody knew we're sprinting yet. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's that's fun awesome. when no one else knows. That's awesome. <laughs> that's but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> when everyone else sprints and you're not supposed to sprint, and I'm like, just wait, wait. That's all. Okay. yeah but even uh, like i even find the racecraft in bullseye is not as good as like I mean, obviously like time trial racecraft is non-existent except for to sit on your power essentially and maybe vary up yeah. the climbs but even like we were racing on um this last bullseye and like i said lee and kevin and i had a really good race but the one guy sat on the front the whole race like he just kept pedaling off at the front it's like okay man <laughs> like have fun up there. You go. I have a song for that. <laughs> so aside from when Kevin and Lee were attacking me, and let me tell you, like they made you feel I, it. I think Kevin and Lee were messaging behind the scenes because Kevin would attack and Lee would like fade like three, four seconds back, and then he'd like come through. And so I'd like smash it to stick on Kev's wheel. And then Lee would like come through again at like 5.0. And I'd be like, oh God, here goes another attack that I gotta go <laughs> hang on to this wheel for. It's like, oh, this is killing me. So well done to them. I, I don't know if they were purposely doing that or not, but it sure felt that way. That's where I wish them luck as I wave them goodbye. Yeah. Well, that was me on the last lap, unfortunately. <laughs> I did think lap on the lap four, Kevin went from, so it was on uh, fan flats and he went yeah. from like the statue, like before the U-turn even like, for like a mile. Oh, and, uh, I kind of let him go a little bit and then started speeding up and I was closing on him. And I thought when I hit the U-turn, I was going to catch him. And then I started the sprint from both the U-turn and halfway from both the sprint line to the finish line, I just, just popped. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two guys came right through me. And I was like, oh. And then I had to hoof it to get back onto the group. And then when they did the same so, thing on the last Brent, lap. They can I ask me. you something? It's not a nice feeling, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard like i said i was gaining on him gaining on him gaining on him gaining on him and then just could not like even barely turn another pedal stroke welcome to my world i must tell you <laughs> like that as you describe it that's why my heart sinks every time he's the one that goes on libby hill on the on the turn <laughs> he's not <laughs> sprinting yeah uh 
That's then it, it looks like uh, HSRL next week is the same course as the uh, Heary's Sheeries yep. course. Yeah, of yeah. course. So it's yeah, one so of my we'll, favorites. I guess we can talk a bit just so everybody's aware for next week in case we don't get this yeah. out before you race next week. It's three laps of Innsbruck ring, but because it's HSRL, the only points will be the sprint segment. So, so that, that sprint segment three times and then the finish. Yep. But now that brings us to the Shiri's and Heary's on Tuesday, Ooh. which is the sprint race Innsbruck ring. Only thing that counts is position over the line at the end of the race. That's going to be hard. One lap. Yep. So flat out. I think so uh, end of 15 minute race, depending on how many people 15? and how hard. How, uh, well, so the D's. Yeah. Okay. And how, how was it? 3. Point, is it 3.5 kilometers to the lake snapper? Um, I think that's about the distance yeah. from the start pen to the leg snapper, give or take. All our research it's department. Gonna be, it's going to be a, a which is like kind of the for, for if anyone out there has not raced Innsbruck or does not know what we're talking about. Essentially, this course is you start off pretty flat, and then there's like a bit of a two percent grinder up a bridge. Then you turn down back into the city, and it goes down three percent for. Like 500 meters and then flat on the cobbles lake snappers at about five to five and a half k oh, okay. into the race it's five from the fence all right so it's yeah that at the five kilometer mark there is a 500 meter eight percent climb that is colloquially known as the leg snapper and like the a's do it in under a minute the the c's and stuff will probably be closer to like 90 seconds and essentially, the 80% of this race is, can you hold the front group across the leg snapper? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and then there's that little vert, the little one right after that I think Chris, Chris, what is, what is it? The toe, the toe snapper? That's the toe snapper. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, you can yeah. Back down the other side, and then you got to spin up again for the toe snapper. Yeah. If you ease off too much, and you don't hit it hard enough, and that little apex at the bottom, that little trough, actually, that little, you're going to lose them up the next one yep and it's actually a, i found it's also a good spot where if you're just like kind of that two seconds back of a wheel or whatever you can, that if, you can if you can yeah. really smash one more effort across that that you can put back on a wheel for sure and another so thing to note about the leg snapper you crashed so quickly if someone has a gap on you if it's two three seconds at the top they crashed before you they down and they're gone I've been on both ends of that one. Been on the front and the back. A gap can increase very quickly just at the top there. It is one that is very easy to uh, think. Okay, I'm done. I can start easing off, and you lose you lose the group, or you yeah. you lose the group just enough that you have to make that effort on the toe snapper. Mm. And that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know, there's a bit of interesting tactics that come once you get across the toe snapper about do you, where are you? Do you TT it in? Do you sit up and wait and try to do the sprint? I, I find it is it's another, a very long TT. It's another 2K. Once you get down through all those hills, you still have the sprint, the like the river crossing and then the, the finish. I think they're going to hold up after that. I don't think you're going to sprint the sprint too hard push through going around the bend and then that last kilometer things are gonna eat up it's gonna be a sprint from about a kilometer out actually it's i take that back it's actually almost 3k from the from the bottom there yeah I, I, i've tried to go solo from 
there and it is a very long way to try and even hold off two three bodies brent i can give you advice for this one mm. no white sweat towel <laughs> a lot of blood a lot of blood from the face i don't know blood like, from the face this one. the short ones don't tend to it's so it's like the 20 minute tt that usually gets me or climb so tatum what's your strategy do you just attack from the leg snapper like right out of the start pen <laughs> yeah, start. yeah so uh I'll, I'll i'll probably um misjudge the leg snapper go a bit early up that and uh, run out of gas halfway up. I have to catch. Think I'm at the sprint. Go again. And then everyone comes past me as the first sprint starts. I'll have to catch again. And then I'll start sprinting from a kilometer out, thinking I'm attacking. 500 meters in, I lose gas. And they pass me again. And I finish at the back. Great. That's pretty much summing it up. Well, there you go. Anyone who races against Tatum, you, you, he's just given away his uh, his entire race strategy. <laughs> There's the game plan. Would you uh, guys race? Go ahead. I was gonna, would you guys race leg snapper? Do you go like as hard as you can go right from the bottom, or do you like match and then try and like kind of match the pace at the front to the top, yeah. and then hopefully maybe squeeze out of it at the end? I think it depends on what type of race it is. Hmm. So I think, I think in the uh, in the HSRL next week it's going to be stick with the group hope that mm. everyone's being fairly sensible um yeah. so that you've got and and that one's three laps um on Hiri shiri's send it when yeah. you only do it yeah. once yeah you're there's gonna, only one speed you, you're gonna go as hard as you can yeah, you don't need numbers bottom, and sprint. you're gonna go even higher you're gonna go yeah. near sprint numbers and and the, the sprint top. doesn't count in in Harry Shiri, so like you don't need to save Anything save that energy for, that. for the sprint. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, because that's where it can split. That's where they can get away is on the leg snapper. So you're gonna absolutely, yeah, that's gonna be a blood from the face effort. I just find if, <laughs> I, if I like go full send from the bottom, more often than not, I don't have it at the top to like stick but if i kind of pace them a little bit for the first quarter lots of the people will go like a little bit off and then they fade back to you and then when you go around the top yeah. you can squeeze it past them so there, i think yeah. like you just think, there's a little bit of a pacing strategy on it right i think i think it depends on what you mean by full send uh like <laughs> i i uh generally tend to know what numbers i can hold up it um all the way through uh and try and just hold that um it's not a sprint from the bottom and hope i don't die yeah for us it'll probably yeah, be around me. eight eight kilo eight watts per kilo going into it halfway through and then be between eight and ten if not higher towards the end oh my god see i'm one of those stupid people i have absolutely no idea what i can hold or not hold up there I close my eyes, I put my head on, and I just pray for the end of it. Yeah, the top A's at eight is probably pretty accurate. I don't think there'll be too many guys who do eight and then also crack out like a 10-second sprint at the top or anything at 10. But Not many, but they do it. That's, just, yeah, that's the tough part. The, yeah. the, a, the A range is just so broad, from the yeah. schlubs like me to the guys who are the full racers. I find it um, hard to, when I'm on that, I don't know what zone power it is. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to like cycling numbers, but 
So I go into the start of the climb pretty much close to max, but I can't like when I'm at that effort and already stopping on the pedals, like I can't go any faster. I don't know how to do that. It's probably because I don't train for this in any way. Yeah. Like there's probably ways to train for it and get better, but um, trying to accelerate from that already, just, I find that really, really hard. So I struggle with that too. And there's a couple of guys that can actually do that. And I've seen that, and that's what wins them races in a, I struggle to do that as well. Okay. Not just me then. All right. Perfect. I think a little bit obviously is knowing your gearing. I know that sounds yep. a bit super technical, but I, I know that's one thing I'm starting to learn in sprints doing like bullseyes and stuff is I got to have it the right gear for my sprint. Even if I got to go way low cadence, and it's a little bit the same thing for leg snappers. You got to, even if your first early like half of the climb is a little bit lower cadence than you like, then you can smash and speed up your cadence. But if you're already at like your 100 RPM, 500 watt stuff for the first half, you're not going to be able to find 900 yeah. RPMs at the top or 100. I, I was, when I was sneak peeking Scorekeeper earlier, I was seeing him do the same. He started at around a 60 cadence. He started his sprint, ended at about 110. That's grinding. The first part, yeah. yeah. You see, I didn't want to say anything because I know absolutely nothing about these technical stuff, but I find the same thing that the more races you do, you, you play around with your gears and that's how you put out power or you, you know, that's how you regulate your power. Yeah. You yeah. learn to put it out better. Yeah. But that's practice, practice, practice. The more races you do, the more you play around with it, the easier it comes. It's one of the reasons I don't fiddle around with my trainer difficulty too much because I've kind of learned all these things. I don't want to have to fiddle again. Uh, now, this is now this week I struggled a bit because I had to up the trainer difficulty for last weekend. And this week I actually forgot to set it back for Tuesday's race. So I was gearing as well a lot more than what I usually do and so that don't mess with it <laughs> and like if you the, do just set it back to where you were there are at least a couple people I know in uh, the herd who uh, who do set it at 100% because they want it to feel like outside and they're training for outside things which I guess yeah. leads us into our it's going to be another say it's a very good segue good job guys <laughs> which we had uh, posted up on the Facebook group. So thanks to everybody who did comment on our Facebook post. So the question is, is do you use your same bike on your trainer or do you have an indoor bike? And if so, how much do you kind of tweak your fit and everything to make sure that everything's the same? So let's start with the group here. Um, let's start maybe with Chris, because I know what yours is and it's pretty good. Oh, as I answer, <laughs> <laughs> this is what they're saying. You're like a waiter. They come to you. They ask you. Oh, how that you couldn't are. have been timed any more perfectly if I tried. That's. You ever go to the dentist you, and they ask you, you how you're your doing? You got someone your chin there. <laughs> Perfect timing on that question. Mid, mid dram. Um, yeah, well, I think I've talked about my indoor setup before, so it's a. Uh, it's an old specialized road frame where stuff is continually breaking on it and I don't fix it. Uh, old nine speed gearing, talking about gearing. Um, 
So 18 total gears, maybe 11 of them work and I can find a gear in there. I ha every time I, I have to shift gear, I have to shift it three times because it'll go, the cables are so stretched, it'll overshoot the cog and then I'll click back and it'll undershoot and then I'll just half shift it and then I'll find it. Um, but geometry wise, when I got my new gravel bike two years ago, went for a proper fitting and everything, got all the um, metrics dialed in and then replicated that onto my trainer bike. So whereas I used to have like lower back pain from having to extend too far, that went away. Reach, got all that dialed in. And then Brent, you were talking about saddle sores. Just on my trainer bike, I got one of those weird like horseshoe. Um, I think they're the ISM saddles. Yeah. With, like the full channels cut out, super wide, super padded, super heavy, but not a problem on Zwift. So that helps do away with some of that. But the rest of my trainer setup is just a hot mess. Geometry is dialed in, gearing, components. Got to fix that. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the most important part, but yeah. How about well, you guys, Tatum and Elle? <laughs> Can I quickly chip in there? Yeah. So I used to struggle so much with gearing, gears jumping up yeah. and down. So we've, we've gone from having two kicker cores with road bikes on them to now being on the on kicker bikes because Tatum couldn't stand me <laughs> swearing and screaming at the bikes because I would I would build up and I'm in this I'm gonna go for the sprint and then the gears jump and the thing comes off and oh no I couldn't I couldn't deal with it so yeah, yeah. did so you ever get the full pedal to shin smash that's always my favorite when the gear slips I did. The, oh, the gear slips yeah. and you step through and the pedal spins all the way yes. back around, smashes in the shin. Love yes. that. Yes. I have sat crying on my bike out of frustration and hurt and anger. But since I got this baby, the kicker bike, none of that. The so, gears are as smooth as. <laughs> so when you guys, so you guys had road bikes that you had, like, I, I don't know that we've ever asked, talked about this, but did you guys like use your road bikes like out on the road? Like, are you guys road cyclists before you were Zwifters? Yeah, I took her out on the road three times, and uh, I fell off my bike in a times. stationary position twice. Okay, twice. Yeah. The third time I got a puncture, and yeah. that was. So it. now she's only got the kicker bike, only indoors. Swift legend, and uh, I myself, uh, I've got a road bike, and uh, this is probably not the best way to do it, but I'm a bit of a weekend race warrior, so I'll just ride 99% on Zwift, and then once every two or three weeks, go and just do an outside race. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the you're getting a, bike, lot of, a lot of practice on your like bunch positioning and, and exactly, I, I can go right through them in real life, you should see it. <laughs> <laughs> they should see my super tuck <laughs> these guys don't know what a super tuck is i show them and uh so the kicker bike set up the same as as the road bike uh, gearing the same as well uh, just a lot smoother obviously i don't have electronic gearing um on the road bike which is a bit frustrating uh saddle wise i've just got the standard bike i'm not too fussy about saddles i think i've got a piece of wood on my road bike that i'm not too bothered Al is a sofa. She calls it a sofa. You call it a sofa. I can have an afternoon nap on that saddle. It's, it's that awesome. It's 
it's so funny. He rocks up to the road races with these. He's the only one with the aluminium frame. Yeah, and <laughs> all these fancy okay. races with their carbon bikes. I take my aluminium bike. Yeah, we go. Let's do this. Yeah, but they, but they don't have Zwift fitness. <laughs> exactly. They don't have Zwift. And uh, I know this thing about the trainer difficulty as well. Um, yes, it's nice to sometimes put it up, get the feel. But with racing, you, you lose time shifting um especially if you've got a bike on it now they look the swifting of the uh, shifting of the smart bikes is just instant so it's not as bad and i felt that on tuesday but uh with the previous setup if i was not on a low lower setting where i wasted less time shifting in the front cogs especially the um, chain rings you lose you lose them in that second of trying to swift shift you lose them so yeah, setups are probably very different, indoors and outside setups, but it's what works for us at the moment. What's your outdoor bike gearing like, Tatum? Like what cassette do you have on there? It's a 10-speed cassette. One? <laughs> round one? Okay, that's yeah, good. So, that's good. <laughs> I think it's got, got a couple. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Right. It's round and it's sort of silver think, and black, and you go tick tick tick. I think it's eleven twenty eight. Is there such a thing? Yeah, I think that's yeah, one of them. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So that's the one I cho chose for the kicker bike and hoping it's the right one. <laughs> All right, Chad. How are you? What's your setup like? Uh, I wish I had the the funds and space for enough bikes that I could have just a dedicated indoor set up but i have the same i same bike indoor and out uh and i've and it's a it's a carbon frame i have yet to break it uh well mm. too badly there have been a couple little pieces that have needed repair <laughs> from but, from on the trainer um it did fall off while i was on the trainer but i don't know that that was the main issue were it you on it the, uh, when it yeah the, it was the uh the uh shifting boss it's like a little piece that like attaches to the frame that holds the cable in place it like okay. helps keep tension there and yeah. so i'm shifting and it it falls off and then everything goes loose and nothing shifts anymore uh and so i fixed that with a bunch of uh like uh like epoxy cement uh just uh, um, but yeah it's uh you know i i do the easy way uh one one version of the easy way just ride the same thing indoor and out and everything feels the same yeah. nice yeah that's what i that's what i'm on too is i have a mine is an aluminum with only the carbon seat post it's funny because i don't think it's as much a thing as it used to be but i know when i first got into training and using indoor trainers there was a lot of talk about especially on the um cassette on like the direct drive trainers about not using carbon bikes on trainers because people were worried yes. that they would um the torque on the frame would be too much for the carbon frames and you'd yeah. do bad things to your carbon frame i think that's a bit dispelled so, at this point but yeah there's there's still definitely some uh companies that still suggest that you do not use the certain frames on yeah. on a trainer um yeah. i'm there is there is one upside to the fact that it is harder 
to put out the same power in a sprint inside as outside because you know i i can't do 1400 watts inside but i'll take it outside and like yeah you throw your bike around and all that but um, <laughs> so i have a question about that because i am extremely extremely nervous and afraid of being outside on the road i feel like i can do a lot more inside than i can do outside because i don't have that fear inside uh i i was born without fear <laughs> but have you ever done like a like a closed course sort of race or anything l where you were like just you know go as hard as Brent, you can or time trial or something Brent, um the last time i owned a bike was when i was 13 so uh, no yeah. <laughs> I, I went from from nothing to what i'm doing now when Tatum was doing his last race, it was on a on a race course, a crit, circuit. A, a crit circuit, and I almost wanted to push him off the bike and say, "Give it to me! Give me your shoes! I want to go!" Because there was no fear. I don't know what I would do there. I would love to actually find out. Yeah, yeah I, I but I still feel should. like I, inside you you can only fall that hard <laughs> on your kicker mat. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I mean, we still need to get uh, Lauren a, a power meter so that we know what she's doing outside. Um, and that's another interesting thing that, you know, a lot of people only have power when they're riding on Zwift. So you, who knows what you're doing inside versus outside. Um, I have power pedals, don't I? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Lauren probably also does higher power in sprints inside because there is a lot of, uh, a lot of technique that, you need to sync up uh, when you're sprinting outside, and it it doesn't. It is not the same technique as a a sprint on a stationary. Okay, so it's not because I've. That's why I sucked on my last race. <laughs> <laughs> I tried getting to a heavy gear. I didn't want to go the same as they do on TV. It didn't feel the same. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, well, I mean, AL, I think you should definitely do it because I think you, I, like, I share your view about I, when I'm inside and there's no fear, I can definitely do things that I would never be able to do outside. I mean, there's so many things that you just like cornering and, and breaking and going around people. Like a sprint on Zwift is, like, I don't have to worry about if I ride up some guy's wheel. I don't have to worry if I half wheel him. I mean, you just smash the bike and it goes where it goes so exactly yeah. there's yeah there's lots of that but i i gotta say like i've only ever done bike racing and like triathlons and stuff and my kind of similar distance that type of power was pretty close a little bit off because like it difference in triathlon is like usually the last kind of 500 meters to a kilometer before the end of the race you pretty much lay up to spin your legs out and there's a little bit of transitiony stuff at the start too that drops your numbers i think compared to your average but like if i looked like my best 20 minutes in a try it was close to like my best 20 minute trainer power yeah i would i would take. guess that that for most people the only time when it uh when it is definitely easier to put up higher numbers inside uh is that like vo2 max two to five ten minute whatever max power efforts where outside you still need to be able to see and yeah. like not vomit have, yeah, yeah not fall over <laughs> um where i've there are several races that i've finished on zwift where it was where it, it finished with a maximal yeah 
Maximum. You're seeing stars. You're going lying down on your handlebars, you just, and you're yeah. just dig. yeah. I like. I I would not be able to keep the bike moving at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. Uh, we should enough. just dip into our comments here and yeah. just go through. It looks like most most people looking at the comments. So there's there it, like, there was a lot of comments about this. So I'm not going to read them all, but it does seem like most people have been um, careful enough to replicate their fits from their indoor setup whatever it is there was this it looked like only a couple of people had the smart bike set up like you and tatum and l had um but they did were capable to replicate their fit but then there was certainly a lot of people who have like a a, a trainer bike let's call it among the people who have a different bike inside and outside i i was uh it is nice to see that people are trying to match their geometry but maybe not only their geometry but also their saddles uh, yeah. Or the people with with uh, delicate undercarriages, at least they've uh, realized, okay, this saddle works for me. And lucky not one of them. Yeah. You can put me on a like I said earlier, put me on a piece of plank, and I'll be happy. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the minority because I don't have. I think everybody on this call and a lot of the people who commented in the forum uh, are riding outdoor with power, at least, yeah. right? Yeah. So there were a lot of outdoor power. I thought there was only kind yeah. of maybe half at most, like Anna and well, even half is more than more yeah. than I'm there. <laughs> my my three outdoor rides, I had my power pedals on, so we could see what I was doing. Yeah. 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 It's nice to know. It's interesting and it's nice to be able to compare the indoor yeah. and outdoor. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I feel like all my like hard efforts though end up on Zwift and then my outdoor rides just end up being to get outside and get some mileage in and enjoy the scenery and hear until the birds accidentally ride up the steep side of Soledad. Until you do <laughs> the steep <stupid, laughs> That must have been fun. I think yeah. it's a little less critical in road riding because so much more of road riding is sitting with a group and that kind of stuff i can tell yeah. you in triathlon though like the training benefit for sure but the real benefit in triathlon is pacing yeah because you got like your little mm. power meter and it's like okay i know my 90 kilometer pace is 220 watts and i can sit on those 220 watts and i don't have to get too worked up about someone's going behind me in front of me and get all because it's just you it. yeah yep. yeah this was makes me nervous about the weekend because tomorrow i'm racing on zwift or in a few hours time and then on sunday i'm racing outside where I actually got to look after other, well, actually myself, but other people. It's uh, you don't have to look after other people. You just have to look after your front wheel. Yeah. Yeah, and hope the guy behind him is looking after his front wheel. If he's not, that's his problem. He's gonna go be the one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah. I think a little bit of a shout out to Ernst Leckie is on this. This BMC time machine with the SRAM ETAP, that sounds like a slick ride. I'm like a little jealous of Ernst Leckie's bike, honestly. Nice bike, L. Hmm. Yeah. Every, everyone's <laughs> looking very impressed. So I'm just shaking my head. It's one sick whip, as they say. <laughs> sick whip. <laughs> Should I go fetch our whip? No. <laughs> 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 Instant poker face from brain. <laughs> that was the thank God it's a podcast face. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think maybe on that note, <laughs> on that <Edward Hill. laughs> we might need to call it. <laughs> so that Elle can go get the whip. <laughs> go whip it to make the shit. All right. Oh. So that is the Pictron for this week. Uh, thank you to Sean. Thank you to Tatum and Elle. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to everyone for listening and enjoy your races, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brent. Thanks. Good Thanks. Night. <laughs> Thank you.